Hello there, happy holidays. You know, they call this the season of giving, and what better place to just throw good money after bad than by supporting a low-rated podcast, patreon.com slash podcast. Money that I will almost certainly use to get drunk. So if donating isn't your style, how about telling a friend or an enemy? Or if you're a Zoomer, definitely tell your parents about the show. I'm speaking their language. Thanks and enjoy this festive season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Huh. Couldn't go home because of Omicron, huh? <laughs> well, Gavin, you can stay here in the studio with me and fight off the wet bandits. Yes. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you thought you could get away with basically doing the same show with a different holiday three weeks later, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 343, Frosty the Snow Ho, where we talk about some of the strangest Christmas specials ever made and who the hell thought they were a good idea. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the Elvish Liberation Front, freedom for our Elvish sisters and brothers. The ELF is a direct action organization demanding freedom for all elves in bondage from corporate capitalist hegemony, exploiting their work for the enrichment of humanity. Even now, elves are shackled to workbenches and Santa's sweatshop factories churning out cheap plastic trinkets for good little boys and girls. The ELF demands to know how they can be good little boys and girls when they profit from the labor of slaves. This Christmas season, the ELF will be staging strikes and acts of peaceful resistance designed to interdict the flow of blood toys to the hands of humanity, and we urge you to join a general strike on December 24th to demand the liberation of all elves held in bondage. The Elvish Liberation Front, from the North Pole to the Keebler Tree, we will not rest until every elf is free. The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. That's it, I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. All right, we'll give it a try. I'll set your coordinates. You won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial garbage scow, though. I'm going to light speed. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Stand by. Here's my second by the 
wasn't friends. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars, Beatrice Arthur. Art Carney. Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Being middle-aged and childless, I've no idea what kids today are like. I mean, even my niece and nephews are adults now, and I was utterly absent from their childhoods because... You're a piece of shit. Eh, okay, but I prefer to look at it as not wanting to live in Tennessee and Georgia. So I pretty much missed an entire generation's Christmas evolution. I don't know what the hot toys were in the 2000s, or definitely don't know now. More than that, I don't know what the hot toys were in the 2000s, or now for that matter. And I have no idea what kind of kids' holiday specials dominate the pop culture for the last couple of decades. So you can imagine my surprise when I did some research and learned... Nothing has changed! Basically, they're watching the same ones I did back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, aside from the usual slew of Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movies, kids today are watching Charlie Brown and Rankin Bass just like I did in 76. You are very old and very scary. Can't disagree with that. And why shouldn't today's kids watch the OG Christmas specials? They were essentially perfect. Oh, sure, there were some problematic moments in Rudolph. I mean, Hermie the Elf says he's ostracized because he wants to be a dentist. But I think you and I both can agree that dentist is just a code for the fact that Hermie is very, very gay. No. No, we can't. I think we can. Brian Moylan wrote in Vulture.com, quote, Hermie, the only elf with hair and a flamboyant blonde wave. He also has especially red lips, a feminine-shaped face, and eyelashes. Any doll and Sam's workshop will be jealous of. He speaks with a Paul Lind cadence, as if his ascot is tied just a little too tight. He is also signaled as different by his professional aspirations. He wants to be a dentist rather than a toy maker. It's not that dentistry is especially queer or even the sort of creative job one would expect an open homosexual to have during the Johnson administration, but it hammers home that something sets Hermie apart from his conformist class, unquote. Hermie is cast out because he's gay, and that's entirely fucked up. Honestly, everything about Rudolph is 
They're really fucked up when you think about it, but it's a classic. So we still inflict it on kids today. So much for the uh, woke mobs there, huh, Fox News? I guess when you think about it, if Rudolph is that fucked up, what about those specials that didn't make the Christmas canon? Surely there must be some strange shit out there. Bet you think about things like that all the time, just like me. Honestly, never would have crossed my mind. Well, that's lucky for you. And it's lucky for me that this here low-rated podcast is devoted to finding things that you never think about and making you think about them. Whether you want to or not. The first thing that probably comes to most people's mind is the utterly inexplicable Star Wars holiday special. It's the most what the hell of what the hell were they thinking television shows of all times. Other than playing it in the intro, there really isn't much more I'm going to say about the Star Wars Christmas special. And if Chewie wants to celebrate Life Day with his family, then I for one support him. I want to start our little trip down memory lane with 1982's The Smurfs Christmas Special. Now look, I don't want to be that guy. Man, you kind of are. But what the fuck is a Smurf in the first place? Look, I know a fair bit about mythology, and I've read the Fiend Folio along with Monster Manuals 1 and 2. Never saw a Smurf in there. Closest thing I saw to a Smurf was a Savart. And even then, they didn't sing. Mostly they just killed and ate humans. What? the hell are you talking about? Sorry, it's a D&D thing. Anyway, the Smurfs Christmas special was about two kids who are attacked by a cloak figure that may or may not be the devil. And the voice by, I shit you not, Rene Aubergenois, who was Odo in Deep Space Nine. Anyway, these kids wind up being captured by Gargamel. You know, it's actually a ridiculously complicated plot for a 25-minute show. Suffice to say that Gargamel does some real bad shit to the Smurfs. The children are rescued by the Smurfs, who, for some reason, confuse Papa Smurf with Santa Claus. The show is just dark as shit. Like, Gargamel just totally destroys the Smurfs' village. The fucking devil is roaming around and trying to steal these kids. And these kids think a blue dude about eight inches tall as fucking Santa Claus. But, you know, it's okay because it, in the end, they learn that Christmas is not about what you have. It's about sharing with family. Can we talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? We wish you a turtle Christmas for a second. Hey, kids, what do you think? Do we need more lights? We need more lights. They're coming, they're coming. Hey, kids, how about hoping we sing my favorite Christmas song? Take the holes with pepperoni. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. First of all, not the animated version of the turtles. It's live actions in the costumes or uh, just about the most horrifying fucking thing I've ever seen. It's literally just a rubber turtle head and shells and the mouths are never properly in sync with their voices and their eyes. Good God, their eyes. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes like a doll's eye. The production values on the show that went direct-to-video in 1990-whatever tell me that they must have spent all of about $12 making the special. And Splinter. Do not get me started on Splinter, who is an actual sewer rat, but the costume head they have him wearing appears to be constructed of actual sewer rats scraped from the rails of the New York City subway and glued together on a styrofoam mannequin head. It's one of the most visually disturbing things I've ever seen in a show that is ostensibly for children. If I saw this as a kid, I would wake up screaming for a week. And we haven't even gotten to the plot yet in which the turtles suddenly remember they've not gotten Master Splinter a Christmas gift yet. And now they have to venture onto the streets of New York hours before Christmas in search of the perfect gift. At one point, they ponder getting Splinter golf clubs. I would like to remind you, pod friends, that Splinter was a mutated rat that lived in the sewers of fucking Manhattan. 
Are we supposed to believe that he occasionally hit the links with the kind of a people that could afford to golf in New York City? Like, was he in a foursome with Donald Trump in 1994? I don't know. Don't worry, though. They didn't get him the golf clubs. They found the perfect gift, a framed plastic pizza. Thanks, I guess. And so after several appallingly bad songs, we learn finally that the true meaning of Christmas isn't gifts. It's about sharing with family. Competing with the turtles for the most watts you could ask what the fuck about was of course the mighty morphing Power Rangers Alpha's Magical Christmas. on my Christmas tree before the big day arrives. I feel so happy and excited about Christmas this year. Although, I didn't quite start out that way. In fact, I was really pretty sad this morning. What, you might ask, was Alpha sad about on Christmas morning? Well, apparently the Power Rangers were out helping Santa Claus prepare for his trip around the world, which begs the fucking question, what the fuck does Santa need with help from the Power Rangers, like Cobra Command or whatever evil entity they fight was, (laughs) I don't know, the Power Rangers was after my time, were they attacking the North Pole or something? Anyway, Alpha's sad because he, it, they, I'm never quite sure about the personal pronouns of a fictional robot, but I'm quite comfortable with whatever the choice they choose. Anyway, Alpha is so sad that a bunch of kids are randomly teleported in to sing Kiss Christmas Carols with a robot, which I'm forced to ask, do their parents know these kids are just being teleported willy-nilly into the Power Rangers secret lair? Is there some sort of waiver they sign? I mean, we couldn't go see the fucking Nutcracker Ballet when I was in grade school without a permission slip signed in blood, waving the school district of liability if a ballet dancer's codpiece flew off and gave me a concussion. I can only assume some kind of paperwork is involved when you violate the laws of physics with your child. I digress. The uh, Christmas carols feature a lot of religious imagery, which, hey, it's Christmas, but also bring up the question, can a robot, which presumably has no immortal soul, enter the kingdom of heaven, even if they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? I think someone had just a little too much free time on their hands. Well, if these are the kind of questions I think about when I can't sleep at night, there's no reason you shouldn't think about them, too. Anyway, don't worry, all's well that ended well and Alpha was reminded in the end that Christmas is really about sharing the love with family, even if that family is a bunch of jumpsuited freaks and you are a godless robot that is almost certainly condemned to the fiery pits of hell. Speaking of religiously questionable Christmas specials, He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special is a real head-scratcher because has been asked so many times before, dude, do they have Christmas on Eternia? Actually, they don't for reasons never adequately explored. You see, Orko crash lands on Earth and brings back some Earth kids. And can you imagine the waiver they sign? And anyway, these kids, I don't know, Skeletor kidnaps kid the kids because, you know. Is that it? That's how you do? That's how I do. And during this, Skeletor turns, I don't know, nice. So you're cold. Skeletor, you are very kind. 
I got to ask here, what kind of life are these kids living back on Earth that a seven-foot-tall talking skeleton kidnaps them, drags them around a frozen alien planet, and makes them say that he is very kind? Who hurt you, children? What kind of parents do you have back on Earth? You know, maybe they should have stayed on Eternia. It doesn't sound like they had a great home life. But finally, He-Man, She-Ra, and Orko and... I don't know, eventually Skeletor learned that the true meaning of Christmas is really about sharing the love with family, even if your family is so bad that Skeletor seems like a good dude by comparison. And apparently Pac-Man celebrates Christmas in uh, Pac-Land. I don't know where the fuck Pac-Man lives. I, I didn't watch this cartoon, but it's out there if you want it. There's a girl in my soup, Friday at 3. Joni Loves Chachi will be seen one half hour later tonight. Do anything you want, darling. It's Christmas. They're celebrating the holidays right after this special presentation. Christmas! Put the pedal to the metal, fellas. We've got a whole planet to cover and only a few hours to do it. It's a good thing my Christmas list is computerized, or I'd never get the job done on time. You know, normally I'd leave the commercials out, but come on. Don't sleep on those a girl in my soup and Joni loves Chachi. Come on. I'm, you're, there's no way I'm skipping that. And also, we learned in this that Santa was way ahead of the curve in data automation in 1982. Anyway, Pac-Man and his Pac family, oh, fuck Pac family, whatever, they damn near kill Santa Claus with a snowball. Santa Claus? This one you niggas kill Santa Claus. No, they didn't kill him. They just fucked him up really bad. They'll probably have traumatic brain injury and do something horrible to Mrs. Claus and the elves in a few years. But the important thing is that Pac-Man, Mrs. Pac-Man, and all the Pac children along with Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde all learn that the true meaning of Christmas is not the presents. Because say it with me now, it's about sharing time with the family. Good work, kids. I know I said something before about how fucked up Rudolph was, but seriously, all the Rankin specials were seriously fucked up. The writers, the animators, the stop-motion specialists, whatever the fuck they were called, they were doing LSD pretty heavily making these shows. But Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, is like Rudolph done by Mean Girls. Topless Robot wrote about this grim tale saying, quote, Rankin Bass went back to the what does not kill you make you stronger claymation well once more in 1977. Poor little Nestor the donkey is born with long ears, which makes him the butt of serious abuse like Rudolph, Dumbo, etc. And leads to his mother dying in order to keep him warm one cold night like Bambi. It's all so pathetic that almost any other ending would feel insufficient. Indeed, it makes kids want to see Nestor go all Rambo, grab a scimitar, and start slicing himself some helpless of sweet, sweet revenge. Which, of course, is sort of an awkward thing to try and fit into the story about the nativity, unquote. Also, the narrator of this special is Santa's donkey. Why does Santa have a donkey? An animal which, in the Arctic of the North Pole is wildly, wildly exposed to sudden death by incredible cold, or at least it was in the 70s, back when the North Pole was still fucking cold. And a lot of people seem to think that this is one of the unsung best of Rankin Bass, but a lot of people are fucking strange. The story is dark as hell. I'm not at all sure what it says. Anything positive about sharing time with the family, since, you know, if you stick with the Bible, shortly after Nestor witnesses the birth of Jesus, 
He also witnesses all the baby boys in Judea being slaughtered by King Herod, which didn't happen, but is definitely talked about in the Bible. Competing with Nestor for the you're already depressed because it's Christmas, but we can make it a little worse honors his ranking best other bleak ass special. Santa Claus is coming to town. And right now you're thinking, but Dave, that, that song bops. How could it be sad? Dudes, the special is set in a place called Somber Town. I'll bet you'd feel right at home there. And Burgermeister Meister Burger? Well, actually, okay, that's a fucking awesome name. But the guy is awful. I mean, his hobby is basically swallowing entire animals whole and then chucking orphans into an asylum. Honestly, the song, If You Sit On My Lap Today, is just fucking pervy. If you sit on my lap today, a kiss a toy is the price you'll pay. Kiss what, Santa? Santa, why is your fly open? What the fuck is going on, you creepy bastard? This is definitely not the kind of family sharing I traditionally associate with wholesome Christmas content. But still, the cream of the creepy crop for Rankin Bass is the life and adventures of Santa Claus. CBR.com summed it up like this, quote, Of all the Rankin Bass Christmas productions, nothing is probably more obscure than this bizarre 1985 adaptation of L. Frank Baum's of The Wizard of Oz fame, high fantasy Santa Claus origin story. The animated adaptation thankfully doesn't water too much of the weirdness down, the result being a Christmas story by the way of Middle Earth. In the story, Santa Claus is something of a pagan deity, born in another realm and sent to our world as a child by a council of elves, nymphs, and when demons to experience life in the human world after witnessing the horrors of war poverty and child abuse santa somehow still manages to grow into a present giving bearded old man we know him as oh except that he also has to do battle against an evil army of dragons ogres and giants and christmas has never been so metal unquote i mean 10 out of 10 for being straight out of my DD campaigns but minus several thousand for violent scoring and the total absence of family sharing. This must have when the Rankin-Bass staff had moved off of LSD and were having a really, really bad time with cocaine. Finally, we come to this, the most disturbing Christmas special ever created. I'm gonna make a lot of people mad at me right now because this special is kind of beloved by a certain set of Gen X folks, but you know what? I'm going to speak my truth because this is my podcast. And honestly, I kind of will get this shit done and over with so I can get started on my Christmas bender. Hey, Merry Christmas, asshole! I speak of none other than the Claymation Christmas spell of Celebration by Will Vinton. Next, it's musical magic with those California raisins, caroling camels, waltzing walruses, and Herman Rex on the all-new Claymation Christmas Celebration. If you do not recognize Vinton's name, you will recognize these singing raisins that made him famous and fabulously wealthy. Stop motion claymation became all the rage in the late 1980s, and this special was a natural culmination of said craze. The special is hosted by Rex and Herb, who are inexplicably two dinosaurs. Rex is naturally a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and Herb is a Styrix... Styra... He's a fucking stegosaurus by a different name, the natural prey of a T-Rex, except, you know, that the Storaco predated the T-Rex by a good 10 million years or so. But this is claymation, not paleontology, or theology for that matter, because again, there are no dinosaurs in the Bible. Dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, if the world's 12,000 years old and the Bible covers it, 
Why didn't someone bring up fucking dinosaurs? You think someone would have brought that up somewhere in the goddamn book? So, you know, having dinosaurs host a Christmas special doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense, but that's just me. I uh, don't really enjoy Christmas. They've got bells that ring by whacking themselves and each other on the head, which just seems a bit cruel, but why do I know? Maybe that was their kink. If it's probably not the sort of thing you should show children if that was their kink, however. And then, of course, there was the California Raisins singing a cover of The Temptations Rudolph, which basically makes the entire endeavor just a commercial for the hottest IP of 1987, the California Raisins. All the kids wanted raisins under the tree that year, and it was just another marketing gig for the raisins. Nothing says caring and sharing with family like a half-hour toy commercial by the creators of the IP they're so set on selling you. I don't know, maybe it's just because this came out in 1987 and I spent that Christmas with a shaved head and a man with no neck yelling at me to be more fucking jolly because I was in elf boot camp. I've said I know repeatedly that I'm not a fan of Christmas at the best of times and I'm definitely not a fan of the commercialization of Christmas. So all these holiday classics are less about the magic for sharing and family and more about how capitalism corrupts pretty much everything it touches. But you tell that to people and they say you're a Grinch. Dude, capitalism is literally bulldozing Whoville as we speak, but I'm the Grinch. Whatever. This Christmas, I will be settling down with the only true holiday classics ever created. Something simple and pure and with sharing and caring that cannot be denied. Though they are definitely not about family unless, of course, you are in a very specific niche, which if that's your kink, again, no kink shaming. These specials have titles like All I Want for Christmas is a Gangbang or The Barely Legal Bitch That Stole Christmas. Or who could forget the magic of drunk sex orgy winter wonderland or Frosty the Snow Ho? Or how Miracle on 69th Street and Naughty or Nice She's Getting It Twice gets you into the spirit of Christmas. And nothing gets you ready to meet St. Nick like Santa comes twice, Santa comes again, Santa is coming all over town, Santa is naughty and nice, and of course his elves, like Santa's naughty helpers, and Santa's sluts teach you to leave out milk and cookies, otherwise you will get spanked by Santa. So warm up your Yule log with the tits that save Christmas and say hello to modern classics like I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas on My Face, Ghost of Christmas Ass, or How the Grinch Gaped Christmas, or the modern classic Spin Xmas, in my ass. God bless us, everyone. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That is it for our show this week. God, I am so ready to get out of here for my holiday bender. 
I mean uh, Christmas vacation. So you know what? I'm going to keep this easy. Give the gift of a five-star review wherever you get your pods. I mean, it's a gift for us, but it's more of a white elephant for whoever reads it. And, you know, do what Jeremy tells you to in his outro. And so for me, Dave, happy, horny, holiday hose, Bledsoe producer, drunk, sex, orgy, winter, wonder, bang. Oh, good God, what is this filth? Gavin and all the fictional Santa's naughty little helpers, we want to say, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem saying, where is he that was born the king of the booty dances? For we have seen his star in the east. We are coming to get down with him. Merry Christmas, you sexy bitches. And we'll see you all next weekish sometimes. Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What the Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Yes, Arthur. It is indeed true that at times like this, Arthur and I wish that we were more than just mechanical beings. And we're really alive, so that we could share your feelings with you.